This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. In 1948, Pastor Yang Wan Son's two teenage boys were shot for being Christians by a rioter in Korea. Son not only forgave the shooter, but arranged his release from prison and ended up adopting him. And then in 2006, a gunman stormed into an Amish schoolhouse in Pennsylvania and ended up gunning down five innocent schoolgirls and wounded 11 others. The Amish community not only comforted the shooter's wife and children, they forgave him. Two radical examples of forgiveness. And there it is. Forgiveness is at the heart of this week's gospel lesson. A continuation of last week's discourse where we heard uh, about forgiveness, but this week even more radical than what we could ever imagine. The story, of course, begins with Peter's question. Lord, if a brother or sister sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Clearly, Peter has been listening and understands the importance of Jesus' teaching from last week about this critical piece of discipleship. How many of us would forgive someone who has wronged us seven times? And yet, Jesus' answer multiplies what Peter says. Some say that the number 77 actually means to forgive infinitely. Jesus proceeds to tell us a parable whose purpose is to connect the earthly creaturely forgiveness to the divine forgiveness. Our forgiveness, although dimmed in comparison, is to mirror God's mercy and forgiveness as shown in the life of Christ. The ones given forgiveness are expected to also be just as gracious and forgiving. To those who have wronged them. To put this forgiveness into context, it's important to note how enormous the debt is that the slave owes the king, that first slave. If a talent is worth 6,000 denarii and a denarius is a commoner's daily wage, then a talent is approximately 20 years worth of wages. Now you multiply that times 10,000, the debt that the slave owes the king, round it up a little bit, is 200 years of wages, 200,000 years of wages. That's a lot of years of wages. (laughs) And for the sake of real-time numbers, if this slave's yearly wages were $15,000, the debt that he owed the king would be approximately $3 billion. Obviously, this slave could not pay off his debt. That's a given. The judgment of the king upon pleading from the slave and out of pity for the slave ends up forgiving this debt. Such is God's forgiveness to us, sinners, who are unable to pay our own outrageous unpayable debt. The parable then continues, and lines are drawn 
between the heavenly world and this human world. The forgiven slave, the one we just heard about, upon release from his debts, comes upon his own fellow slave who owes him money. While it's still a significant debt, the 100 denarii is equivalent to about four months' wages. Much, much smaller. So immediately after being forgiven his crazy, un unpayable debt, the slave grabs his fellow slave by the neck in an attempt to almost choke the money out of him. His treatment of his fellow slave is the exact opposite of the compassionate response of the king. And so, of course, the king becomes angry at the actions of the forgiven slave, and we hear what happens. And so here lies the key to this whole parable. The Lord's compassion and forgiveness are lavish, not earned, and provide a model that we are to imitate. Our forgiveness should flow from being forgiven and must imitate that of our God of Christ. We are called to love our neighbor, and with that comes the role of forgiveness, which is clearly all important. To hold on to these debts, these regrets, to sin and anger, perpetuates more sin, more debt, more anger, for days, perhaps weeks, perhaps years and generations, to the point that individuals just want to perhaps hurt themselves or even others. Now that's not to say that forgiveness isn't hard. We know it is. How many of us have been wronged by the people we have loved and trusted the most? And to forgive when we hurt is very difficult. Difficult, but also necessary. The reason why it hurts so much is because the people that we love, the people that we've trusted, have hurt us. But isn't forgiveness the best form of love? You know that old cliche saying, it takes a strong person to say I'm sorry, but an even stronger person to forgive? Yeah, it's not easy to forgive. Yet so many of us come here on Sundays and pray this petition of the Lord's Prayer. Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Well, today's story is exactly this prayer in parable form. And if we have a tough time forgiving those whom we actually love, then how much more difficult is it to forgive those who are possibly our enemies? In the wake of the anniversary of September 11th, I know we all recall, which we just occurred this week, how do we forgive even those atrocities? But the reality is, and it hits me pretty hard, like a bus or even a tidal wave, that we are called to love our enemies. These aren't suggestions, as you recall from today's gospel, that Jesus is making to us. They're not lofty goals. We're called to love, and we're called to forgive both friend and enemy alike. This is how we're meant to live. No ifs, ands, or buts. 
I don't know about you, but I do try to forgive. Because in forgiving, especially those to whom we hold dear to us, we free ourselves from that bondage of the hurt and the anger that would otherwise we hold on to, that in the end can hurt us. We end up torturing ourselves. But when asked to forgive some of the atrocities done to innocent men, women, and children, well, to be honest, I actually struggle with that one. I don't know if I always can do that. And quite honestly, I don't know how to tell you to do that either. I do know, however, that anger begets anger and that violence begets violence. So we have work to do. And yet not so long ago, actually I think it was a couple of years ago, I think, I recalled a scene in a courtroom that became viral, um, and it happened not too far from us in Dallas, Texas, where I witnessed a young black man sitting in the witness stand of a courtroom speaking to the white woman who was on trial. Her name was Amber Geiger. She was an ex-police officer who had just been convicted of murdering his beloved older brother, Botham Jean, in his own apartment. Perhaps you remember the video. She had entered Botham's apartment by mistake, thinking it was hers, mistook him for an intruder, and shot him in the chest. And of course, he died. At her trial a year later, Botham's broken-hearted younger brother, Brant, stood, uh, took the stand, and told Amber that he forgave her in front of the whole courtroom, and that he only wanted the best for her, and that he wanted her to give her life to Christ, something that he said Botham, his brother, would have wanted as well. And then, this is the part that really got me, after asking permission from the judge, and to the astonishment of everyone present, Brant walked across the courtroom and embraced a woman who killed his brother. She clung to him, sobbing. It was an incredibly moving and courageous example of forgiveness, forever etched in my mind. And that is exactly what Jesus calls us to do in today's gospel reading. We are to forgive those who sin against us. We are to forgive as God has forgiven us. Our lives are to reflect the nature of the God that we worship here every Sunday. A God who, when laid dying on the cross, spoke these words of forgiveness to his own perpetrators. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgiveness, my dear brothers and sisters, is at the core of our call to discipleship. It is at the core of the Christian gospel. It is at the core of life itself. Because to forgive is to live free. Free of anger, fear, and regret. To forgive, ultimately, is to love. And by forgiving those who have sinned against us, we do not allow the past to dictate our future. Forgiveness breaks the bonds of chains, of anger and bitterness, and frees us 
to, lie, to live new lives, to start fresh and to start new, a sort of resurrection. And so perhaps it's time for all of us, including me, to seek out someone who needs your forgiveness, my forgiveness. Or perhaps it's time for us to ask for forgiveness for a wrong that we have committed to someone else. I think it starts there. What this world needs more than anything is forgiveness and the healing of past hurts. So go, forgive, and be forgiven. For only forgiveness can set us free. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.